Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky arrived in Washington on Wednesday. It's the first time he's left Ukraine since Russia invaded, more than 300 days ago. And Zelensky was asking for more weapons and military funding. This, this will be the last question. Olga Koshlenko, One Plus One TV channel. Can we make long story short and give Ukraine all capabilities it needs and uh, liberate all territories rather sooner than later? Thank you. Well, th- his answer is yes. <laughs> I agree. This comes as Russian aerial attacks are ramping up. The main targets are Ukraine's power grid, which means frequent blackouts. Many people in the country are left in the dark and cold for hours on end. Today, I speak with the Globe's European bureau chief, Eric Reguli. He's in Ukraine's capital, Kyiv. I'm Anika Raman-Wilms, and this is The Decibel from The Globe and Mail. Eric, thank you so much for talking to me today. A pleasure. I know we're, we're reaching you in a, a situation where it's, it's all dark there. You don't have a lot of light or electric. You don't have electricity. You have no light, no heat. So this is this is uh, something we really appreciate you doing here. Yeah, well, the electricity has been going off, I'd say, about half the day. Uh, hmm. We never know when it's going to. There's no warning when it's going to be cut off. There's no warning when it's what's coming on. And it's been off since it's about six o'clock p.m. here, and it's been off for about eight hours. Wow! And and how how cold is it? It's starting to get cold. It's um, you know it's about at the freezing point now, maybe a little bit below at night. But uh, I was warned about this, so I have a huge suitcase of long underwear and sweaters and scarves. And uh, when there's mm-hmm. no electricity at night or no heat, we just uh, bundle up uh, and. Uh, Go to bed and tough it out. Wow. Wow. This is, I mean, so it's obviously it's starting to be winter there. It's, it's a cold time of year in Ukraine. Uh, it's also the, the holiday season. It's the first Christmas in Ukraine since, since this war started. Uh, and Eric, I know you recently went to, to a mall in the capital city of Kiev. Can you tell me what, what was it like there in that mall? We went to the biggest mall in, um, in, in Kiev. It was, wasn't crowded at all. There's a trickle of people in there. Um, it didn't seem festive. I mean, we, there might've been one, one or two Christmas trees up, but it it felt, it felt somber. Uh, though they were trying hard on the top floor, the third floor, there was uh, a concert going on again, thinly attended, I'd say two, three dozen people there. And it was designed to raise money for the military. Uh, we talked to parents there and talked to kids, talked, talked to shoppers and, um, one family said, look, we're not, we're not doing a Christmas tree this year. We're not doing presents, partly because uh, the inflation rate is so high here. It's like 25 or 26%. People are not only suffering from the war, but they're suffering from uh, really high inflation. And they just, they just can't afford things. Yeah. Uh, it's not just shopping that brings people to the mall. There's that that there's a recent addition called this power hub or an energy hub in the mall. Can you just tell me what that is? Yeah, it's it's a. I don't know what it was before, but it was obviously um, a very large store. I mean, it was hundreds and hundreds of square meters, 
It was, it looked modern. It had, you know, dozens of desks, dozens of chairs, dozens of sofas. And that's where you go to plug in your, your phones and your computer, computers when, when there's blackouts. And the blackouts last a long time in the city. I mean, this, this, like today, we've, we're, we've been out of power for eight hours now. Mm-hmm. So uh, they can, they can, they were three or four hours. Now they're going, becoming eight, 10, even 12 hours. But also heat. I mean, they go, they can go there to warm up. I mean, this mall is huge, and it, it you know attracts thousands of people. So I imagine. I mean, it looked like people were working there; that they were just using it as a temporary office um, mm-hmm. because of the blackouts. That you never know which parts of the city are being blocked out. So you can go there, get warm, yep. plug in your computer, your phone, do some some correspondence, that yep. kind of thing. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Um, now some now some restaurants and, and cafes, uh, many of them in in Kiev have generators, and they're obviously hard to they're easy to find. I mean, you because of the noise. I mean, there is a, a din of diesel and gasoline generators right outside hmm. this apartment building, and they're they're on all the time, uh, generating electricity, so they can stay open when the blackouts happen. And of course, this this energy hub in the mall exists because Russia is is targeting power grids throughout the country. What is Russia's goal with this, Eric? Like, what is Russia trying to accomplish by targeting these power grids? Oh, it's it's uh, to demoralize uh, uh, demoralize uh, the uh, the population, so they they lose interest in supporting this war. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, the that's why everyone I've talked to is expecting a Christmas attack. You know, just really? just to anger and sadden everyone in this country. So I think Putin. It's, I mean, it's obvious what Putin's trying to do. He's trying to he's trying to um, force Ukraine into a peace agreement, which would allow him to keep the proper the the parts of the country that he seized already. You know, mm-hmm. in the in the uh, in the far east, in the south, uh, Crimea. But I don't think it's going to work. I mean, one thing um, that has struck me here is that despite the hardship here, despite, you know, the, the obscene numbers of death, morale is still pretty high. I mean, really high. There is a fighting spirit here. There is, there is optimism. Uh, it's quite infectious, uh, I find. And uh, Ukraine is convinced it's going to win the war. Hmm. So morale, morale is high, uh, but... But these are, are like difficult times, I guess, too. Like, can, can you maybe tell me about some of the people that you've talked to and how, how they're feeling? Like, what, what have they said about that? Well, uh, the, I talked to the people in the mall, like, like this, uh, this one woman in, in her early 30s. Uh, she actually works um, at, an em, at, a, at an embassy here. And she said, Putin can do, we fully expect an attack in and around Christmas. Uh, but he can do what he wants, but it's just going to make us angry, and it's going that anger is going to make us fight harder. Hmm. President Zelensky was in Washington on, on, on Wednesday visiting U.S. President Biden, uh, and, and Biden pledged nearly $2 billion for more military assistance to help Ukraine in this fight. So they're, so they're, of course, asking for these weapons because they are getting bombarded um, by Russian attacks. Um, and it is, it is having a significant effect. Uh, earlier this month, on December 16th, the state power company declared a, a system emergency in Ukraine and reported a 50% loss of power within the yep. country's electricity system. So that's, yep. that's significant. Yeah. And some of these uh, utility workers, I mean, they're working around the clock to repair these, these grids. So some of them have uh, been wounded or killed. Um, there's a company called DTEC, uh, which is the private power generator here. 
and it's lost several employees who were you know, attacked as they were trying to fix the grid. I know uh, you said you spoke to a few people in the mall, Eric, and I know you spoke to a father and his seven-year-old daughter. Uh, I think her name is Olina. Yeah, a little uh, blonde girl, seven years old, Olina, and her father told me that they don't really use the term Santa Claus here. It's it's um, Grandpa Frost. And her father told me that Olina said to him that we don't want um, Grandpa Frost this year because we're worried he's going to get shot down. And what, what mm. this little girl was referring to was the Ukrainian anti-aircraft guns, which mm. actually do take down cruise missiles and and the drones. So, I mean, this, this poor little kid understood that a war is going on. And he also said that when the air raid sirens go on, that she knows enough to get away from the windows um, because, you know, if, if there's an explosion nearby, the windows could shatter and, and send uh, glass like shrapnel all through the house. So this, this, this kid knows her routine already. I mean, how sad is that? We'll be back in a moment. These blackouts, uh, and of course the ongoing war, have also had a huge impact on, on Ukraine's economic situation. And Eric, I know you recently sat down with Ukraine's finance minister. How did he keep the country running financially uh, when the war started in late February? Um, he was a great interview. He's called Marchenko, uh, Sergei Marchenko. He's quite young. He's in his early 40s. He's actually quite cr- close to Canada's um, uh, Christian Freeland. On day one of the war, they set up a remote finance ministry in the western part of the country. Mm. Um, secret location. All the computers are there, the databases, Microsoft, Oracle, you know, everyone was, was there. And they didn't miss a single salary payment, still haven't, and they did not miss a single, a single pension payment for, wow. for the pensioners in this country. I mean, it's a miracle. It's just incredible. And, and what about since then? What he's been doing is, is two things. Uh, one is, is uh, he has gone around the world asking for money. Uh, they, they, Ukraine is getting, you know, tens of, this year alone, they've got $27 billion, U.S. dollars, uh, roughly half in loans, roughly half in grants. Of course, Ukraine would rather have grants because grants you don't have to pay back. Loans you do. Um, most of the grants have come from the United States, a little bit from Canada. Most of the loans have come from the European Union. So every month, there are five billion U.S. dollars in the hole. That's mm-hmm. that is the budget deficit every single month, and they have to fill that, or the country goes bankrupt. Um, mm-hmm. So that's that's uh, a huge, huge challenge. And most of the budget. Um, I think about 60% of, of the budget is going to the military. The other thing that uh, Marchenko, the Ukraine finance minister, is doing is printing a lot of money. Well, he's not doing it. The, the, the central bank is, is printing a lot of money um, to help fund the deficit. And when you print money, you get inflation. So the inflation rate here is 26%, which is huge. And that is really hurting people's lives here. Um, the, you know, the, their salaries are not going up 26%. The poverty rate, this is what really struck me when I interviewed this man a few days ago. 
The poverty rate before the war in Ukraine was about 5%. So now it's 25%. So one in four people is officially poverty stricken in this country. Hmm. And I, what about like benefits and stuff? Like if you're on like a disability benefit, things like that. Oh yeah, like- I mean those those are still getting getting paid. But the point is the inflation rate is so high here that you know your money is going not going as far as it used to be, and the inflation rate is going to stay high. Hmm. Is there any sense that there will be an economic? bounce back for Ukraine, like that they'll actually be able to kind of dig themselves out of this out of this financial hole. So they're predicting a 33% drop in GDP this year. It's a one third drop in, in economic activity in this country. Next year, the official forecast is for slight growth, but slight growth from a very low level, 33% down. But I said, are you certain about that? And he said, absolutely not. We were worried that it could go become even worse next year. And I said, why? He said, because the attacks on the electricity grid are so severe, so frequent that, you know, you can't run a factory when with no electricity. Um, so this, if these attacks on the electricity grid, the power grid, um, continue and are widespread and successful, so far they have been, then all bets are off in the economy. Wow. All bets are off. Uh, Eric, you've been covering the war from the beginning, but but from countries outside of Ukraine, you're now actually in Kiev there, in, in the dark, experiencing these blackouts <laughs> firsthand. What is it like for you to now be inside the country? Yeah, I mean, I... I've been covering NATO. I've been in Brussels a few times. I was at the NATO summit. I was on a NATO mission um, in early March, right after the war started. We were up in a, in a, um, a radar tra- uh, plane. You know, it's, it's like a converted 707 with a huge radar dish. And uh, we were flying um, in Polish airspace right on the Ukrainian border, watching on the radar, watching the Russian jets from Belarus and Russia coming in to bomb Ukraine. We're watching them in real time. And that's that's when it hit me that this this is this war is real. But to be on the ground and to actually talk to people um, really, you know, is, is, is completely different. I mean, I, I'm in a war zone. I'm a war correspondent in a war zone. You know, I mean, there's no fighting here, but Every day we're having uh, air raid sirens. Every day um, uh, people in Kiev are, are going into bomb shelters. Um, and it's become part of everyday life, but it shouldn't have to be. Eric, thank you so much for, for taking the time to talk to me today. Thank you. It was uh, a pleasure and I hope to talk to you again. That's it for today. I'm Manika Raman-Wilms. Our producers are Madeline White, Cheryl Sutherland, and Rachel Levy-McLaughlin. David Crosby edits the show. Kasia Mihailovich is our senior producer, and Angela Pachenza is our executive editor. Thanks so much for listening, and I'll talk to you tomorrow.